You see, some of us, the reason why we don't see the manifestation of God's hand in our life, because we don't travel with this thing. See, because it's here on Sunday, and I put it down until next Sunday. And that's if I come next Sunday. See, it's, 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 it's not until problems come, until Goliath comes, that I go and grab this stone. Let me grab, let me grab that stone. Let me get my devotional. Let me, you know, my 60-day devotional. Stopping at day three. He said, he said, he said, this needs to be bathed in the word. Then he put it in his traveling pouch. Then he goes. Manifested Glory Worship Center. Kingdom focused. Kingdom minded. Kingdom living. This is the Rama Talk Podcast, and you're listening to Pastor Damon C. Johnson, founder and senior pastor of Manifested Glory Worship Center. First off, don't we serve a mighty God? We serve a mighty, mighty God. And I think that I thank this mighty God for putting us in a mighty place under a God-infused mighty man of God, Amen. man and woman of God. I, I really don't think that, and, and I know everyone says, you know, they love their pastor, and I'm just going to take a second. Y'all just deal with this, right? <laughs> I know everybody says they love their pastor, but I think we really need to be thankful for what we have. There are a lot of people going to a lot of places who don't have what we have. You know, I've served and sat in ministries that don't regard the people of God. That, I mean, and, and, and again, I'm not throwing stones. I'm saying where I came from where they don't regard the people of God, like your problem is your problem. Wow. My Lord. We, we have a man and woman of God in this house. Revelation terms it the angel over the house of the Lord, right? The messenger over the house of this branch of Zion. And I just think we ought to really, really thank God for what we have. I'm so honored to serve under this man and woman of God. Like I said, I just, I'm just honored. Um, I, I want to honor my rib, you know, my rib. Because without her, it'd be extremely hard to stand. I mean, that's everything right there. Thank you. So in, anyway, I'm not going to do the mushy stuff, but... <laughs> Let's get into the word. Um, Matthew chapter 11. Matthew chapter 11, verse 12. Now, if I had to title this, I would title it, Defeating Big Problems with Small Faith. But we need to understand something before we go into this battle. Pastor just hit on something when he read from Isaiah. He just, you know, he, there you go. Verse 12 says, And from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence, and the violent take it by force. That's right. Now, this is one of the most misunderstood scriptures in the Bible. And I love my man Ty Tribbett. 
But he got a song where it says, and the violin, take it. By force! Bent, bent, bent. I want it all back. Yeah, right. You know what I'm saying? Yes, sir. You know what I'm saying? The brother make you want to do the stank leg, right? But, but look, but I want, you, I want to point out something. So this verse, what this verse means, and this is during a time where the verse ca- came at a point when John the Baptist was just arrested. So Jesus, he's talking to the, the disciples at this time, and he says, from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffered violence. That means the kingdom of heaven is under attack. And the violent, meaning the ones who are committing the violence, take it by force. So there is nothing that you have that God wants you to have that is not under attack. That's right. Your peace is under attack. Your finance is under attack. Your health is under attack. The Bible says that the violent take it by force. They not playing with you. That's right. They are not playing with you. You know, I'm going to share a brief testimony. Um, back in 2013, you know, I took a stand on my job, and as a re- result of that, you know, we parted ways. And I, I followed charges, and, uh, and results came back, and, and, and they, found the, they found this employer guilty of some things, but the things pertaining to me, they said, we're going to throw that out. And, and, and you know, and I'm sitting there like, but God, I was doing this. I was doing this for people, and I was standing up for the right thing, and, and then God says, and then God says, Push. Come on, son. <laughs> so I filed an appeal. I don't know how many months was it? Three, four, five, six months? I don't know. Thanks, Vic. <laughs> That's my man. <laughs> six months. They sent back a notice. We've overturned their decision. Now, now, here's the thing about this whole thing. The reason I even share this is because I had to come to a realization that they ain't giving you nothing. Satan ain't giving you nothing. If you want it, you better fight. That's it. Absolutely. That's it. But we throw this up and this up. We want to fight like this. That's right, my Lord Jesus. We want to fight with this. Right. There was a character on Tiny Toons. I don't know if anybody know what Tiny Toons named Foul Mouth. Everything Foul Mouth said like beep 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 beep. Hey, and I will beep 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 beep. They was bleeping everything out. Foul Mouth was funny, but Foul Mouth had a foul mouth. <laughs> and that's how many of us choose to fight our battles. But God has given us a different way to fight our battles. Turn. We're gonna we're gonna go defeating big problems with little faith. Turn to First Samuel. Y'all know where I'm going. No, well, some of y'all don't. Um, I ain't gonna lie, ain't no, ain't no point in fronting, right? First Samuel chapter 17. First Samuel chapter 17. <clears throat> now, this is the account of David and Goliath. Now, we're not gonna spend all the time talking about this. We're going to talk about big problems. We're going to talk a lot about little faith. Okay? 
So um, we're going to read from verses 1 through 11, but um, I want to actually have it played out. If you guys, can you bear with me? You good? Now the Philistines gathered their forces for war and assembled at Soko in Judah. They pitched camp at Ephes Damim between Soko and Azekah. Saul and the Israelites assembled and camped in the valley of Elah and drew up their battle line to meet the Philistines. The Philistines occupied one hill and the Israelites another okay, with pause. the valley between pause, them. Pause, pause. So, just so you get this, because so there's a battle. Philistines, which are the enemy of the people of God and the children of Israel. One of them on one mountain and the other on the other mountain. Play it out. The Philistines occupied one hill and the Israelites another with the valley between them. Low place in between. A champion named Goliath, who was from Gath, came out of the Philistine camp. His height was six cubits and a span. He had a bronze helmet on his head and wore a coat of scale armor of bronze weighing 5,000 shekels. On his legs he wore bronze greaves and a bronze javelin was slung on his back. His spear shaft was like a weaver's rod and its iron point weighed 600 shekels. His shield bearer went ahead of him. Goliath stood and shouted to the ranks of Israel. Why do you come out and line up for battle? Am I not a Philistine? And are you not the servants of Saul? Choose a man and have him come down to me. Pause. If he is able to. Pause. I want, I want to share something with you about this, this guy named um, Goliath. Now, if you look up in the um, dictionary, the name Goliath, and see what the meaning is, today that mean, word means giant. But back then, that's not what it meant. His name meant soothsayer. Don't worry about the, um, the audio, because I, I want it loud, I want, you know, I wanted it louder, so, so I'll be the audio. <laughs> Where did it stop? Verse, verse 7? Verse 9, okay. All right, so this guy named Goliath comes out, and he's shouting. He's on one mountain, he's shouting across to the other mountain. And he's shouting to the people of Israel, and he's, can, verse 9, thank you. And he says, if, he said, choose the man, if he be able to fight with me and to kill <laughs> Okay, we got it together now. If he be able to fight with me and to kill me, then will we be your servants. But if I prevail against him and kill him, then shall you be our servants and serve us. Verse 10. to go my Bible. I'm about to just grab my Bible. All right. And the Philistines said, I defy the armies. I, the Philistines said, I defy the armies of Israel this day. Give me a man that we may fight together. Verse 11. When Saul, who's the king of Israel at this time, and Israel, all Israel heard those words, the words of the Philistine, they were dismayed and greatly afraid. Now, Many of, of us have had situations where people have said things that have automatically made us dismayed and greatly afraid. Different circumstances have happened that seem gigantic, where we automatically get dismayed and greatly afraid. And what happens when you're dismayed and afraid is that you don't move. It puts you in almost a paralysis. 
paralysis type state. You don't move. He was dismayed and he was greatly, they were greatly afraid. They didn't just say afraid. Greatly afraid. Some, some giants, let me name a few giants. Financial giants. Some, some of us won't even open the mail. I don't lie. Don't do you in church. Don't you do it. You got piles of the mail of the sa- from the same company. The same one. Because I don't even want to open it. Am I telling the truth? Some folks face some health problems that seem gigantic. A diagnosis that seems gigantic. Past hurt. Past failures, addictions, sin. Mm-hmm. We say that in this church. Sin. But let's, so, so we, we're dealing with a giant, so let's, let's find out what a giant is. Can, can, some, can we turn to uh, Genesis 6? Keep your finger here because we're coming back. Genesis 6. We can read it. I'll read it. I'll read it out. Don't. It says, and it came to pass when men, are we there? Genesis, the first book. And it came to pass when men began to multiply on the face of the earth and daughters were born unto them that the sons of God saw the daughters of men that they were fair. Now this reference to the sons of God is referring to angelic beings. There was a, a group of angelic beings. They saw the sisters and they said, <laughs> and they took them wives, not wife, they didn't wife one. They just, they said, well, you and you, and you and you, oh, oh and, and definitely you, and definitely you. Uh, and give me that one back there. I'm, I'm just reading it. And the Lord said, my spirit shall not always strive with man for that he is also flesh. Yet his days shall be in 120 years. Then the Bible says in verse 4, there were giants in the earth in those days and also after that when the sons of God came in unto the daughters of men and they bare children to them. The same became mighty men which were of old men of renown. Verse 5, and God saw the wickedness of man was great in the earth that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. Don't we see that today? And it repented the Lord that he made man on the earth. And it grieved him at his heart. So what you see here is that these angels saw these sisters. And they said, I want one. Now they knew they were violating heaven code. So what produced from that was these giant supernatural beings or unnatural beings. So let me give you the definition. This is the Lord gave this to me of a giant. 
A giant is the byproduct of a spiritual disobedience and human acceptance. Wow, that's good. A giant is the byproduct of spiritual disobedience and human acceptance because the sisters knew better too. And once they accepted it, and we know good and well, if an angel came down here, there'd be some sisters right now lined up. They make movies like Twilight about supernatural beings getting with women. We're like, ah! <laughs> yeah, Darwin, whatever his cat name is. No, good and well. You know good and well, sis, some sisters. Not, not y'all, because y'all saved and sanctified blood wash. But you know good and well some be some sisters. Some, oh, he got some nice wings, girls. Look at them wings. My baby going to be cute. Y'all know it. You know it. The worst delivery they ever had. <laughs> I'm sorry, y'all. Okay. The byproduct of a spiritual disobedience and human acceptance. Go back, Samuel. Read that last line, verse 11. It says, when Saul... And all Israel heard those words of the Philistine. They were dismayed and greatly afraid. See, they got to a point where they see this spiritual disobedience because he's disobeying and defying the armies of the living God. But then they accept it. They accept it. Let's go back to verse 4. Let's go to verse 4. I'm going I'm to I'm I'm rest on this one real quick. You know, one of the reasons why we get dismayed and afraid is because a lot of times, whatever it is that's coming up against us seems so big. It seems so big. Now, I tell some folks this story. They may have heard this story before, but I'm going to share it. I wasn't even supposed to. It's not in my notes. I'm going to share this anyway. So I went to Emerson, right? EA, EA, whatever, right? <laughs> I went to Emerson. Right? <laughs> West Side. <laughs> and I was in class, I was in history class, and uh, this particular day, there was this dude, this dude was huge, this dude was like, like he played on the football team, Zeus. My brother Luke, no, Deke Luke, Deke Luke. Deke Luke, he know, right? So one day we was in class, and we had to, in the, when you first came into class, you had to go to the front and put your homework right at the, the front. Yeah. Right. It was like in the middle. It wasn't his desk was over here right in the middle. So, you know, everybody go ahead. The rare times I did homework, don't, it's not, I wasn't right. Okay, but, but I did it this day. So I go in, place it down. I mean, everybody goes in, place it down. Well, this guy Zeus was, he was acting kind of funny this particular day because this particular day he wanted to be, I don't know. This dude was like tough and crazy at the same time. So this particular day, we're, we're, we're coming in, and what he does is everybody who comes down through the aisle, that middle aisle, he goes, mmm, come on, come here, sugar, come here, sugar. All the guys, he's grab, grabbing, like, you know, mm, come here, come here, sugar, give me, give me, give me some sugar. So I'm watching this, like, one by one, every dude, and everybody's scared of Zeus. One by one. Oh, stop playing, Zeus. Stop playing. <laughs> stop playing, Zeus. So, so, you know, I'm like, you know, 
he don't really know me. He ain't going to do that. He probably do that to his boys or whatever. You know, that's how they get down. That ain't how I get down. But I say, okay. So, so I go up to place my paper up there, and I heard, give me sugar. Give me, give me some sugar, 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 sugar. <laughs> and I felt. <laughs> but after that, I didn't see nothing because I blacked out. <laughs> I blacked out. I, I, when I awoke, I had Zeus in a headlock. I said, and I said, get home. I said, then I said, Dad, what did I just do to Zeus? <laughs> Zeus got up like, <gasps> he told me like, yo, Shorty got backbone. Shorty got backbone. Sometimes, sometimes people try to see if you'll let something through. Stand. That's right. Yes. The spirit of the Lord will lift up a standard. Stand. Verse four. I don't even know why I brought that up, but anyway, verse four. Because <laughs> he was he was a big guy. <laughs> verse four. And there went out a champion out of the camp of the Philistines named Goliath. Now he was a champion. Um, and his name was Goliath. Can we show the video? Can you play the video? I want to some. I want to give you guys an example. You guys know what champions are, but I want to give you an example of a champion that many of us who grew up in either the 80s and 90s, maybe 2000, even today, but will understand who this, this, this champion was. Can we play it out? Lights up, please. Thank you. He was saying, I'm the best. I'm the best. Can't nobody beat me. How many people remember Iron Mike from back in the day? The boy was bad. Now, I want you to imagine Goliath with that same ferocity, but like three times as tall. Right. You know, they say he was anywhere between 8 and 11 feet tall. Right. Right. Why, why is it that when big things happen, why do we get scared? You, you know, the thing, the reason I brought that up is because, you know, to be a champion, to be a champion doesn't matter how many wins or losses you have. Right. To be a champion depends on who you beat. Right. It's not on how many you beat, right. but who you beat. Right. 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 So you don't get the cha title champion for being 99 and 0. Right. You get the title champion for beating a champion. Right. So, right. so understand that Goliath got this title from beating champions. Right. So we can actually apply that to our lives. See, it doesn't matter how many times you've done lost in life. That's right. Yeah. All it takes is one win at the right time against the right enemy. That's right. That's right. And you get to wear the belt. But I want to bring something up about this guy, Goliath. Notice what he has. The Bible says he was six cubits in a span. Go to the next verse, please. Okay, I do. 
and he had on a helmet of brass on his head, and he was armed with a coat of mail, and the weight of the coat was 5,000 shekels of brass. Next verse. And he had graves, greaves of brass upon his legs and a target of brass between his shoulders. Bam, he was covered, right? And the staff of his spear was like a weaver's beam, and his spear's head weighed 600 shekels of iron. And one bearing a shield went before him. Right. You know what the Lord showed me? He said, he's more afraid than you are. Wow, wow, wow. You that big, what you got all that stuff on? That's right. That's right. That's right. Why you got all that stuff on? Right. This man scared to get hit? Right. Right. That's right. You know the Wild Wild West when they used to have gunfights? That's like wearing a bulletproof vest to a gunfight. Like, like, and you talking about you the fastest in the West. But then you got all this protection on you. Right. See, because what you have to understand is that Goliath, as big as he is, and as many enemies as he's taken down, champions that he's taken down, the thing about Goliath is Goliath and Satan don't want you to find out who you really are. That's why they do all of the talk. Yes. That's why they do all of the talk. I said, dude, this dude is, this dude is, he got, he got a shield. He got a shield covering the shield. Right. Right. Got a helmet on. He's trying to look frog, so it's gold. Like a rapper. I guarantee if somebody actually thought about this, they'd be like, and they was rapping, they'd be like, yo, I'm going to get me a gold helmet. Now, we, we know, we, you know, many of us know the account. David comes in, he hears all of this jibber-jabber, and he says, he says, hold on, who's this cat talking against the people of God? Right. So David challenges him. Now, David is a young boy. Right. How old was he, about six, 16, 14, 15? Now, the one thing I picked up out of this is this whole time, nor Goliath, nor Saul, Nobody brings up God. Wow. If you read this account, nobody brings up God till David comes in the picture. Right. Everybody says, what man are we going to get? What man are we going to get? Wow. Wow. Oh, now I got something else. You, you know why Goliath was wearing all of this stuff? See, you heard of him, but he heard of you too. See, he heard about a cat named Samuel. I mean, Samson. He's like, oh, yo, yo. I know Samson did, but he came out this camp. He heard about Moses. He said, I know, I know Moses did, but he did come out of this camp. Let me get suited up. But nobody talks about God. Let's fast forward to verse 32. I'm jumping over a whole lot just for time's sake, y'all. You know, I normally am so overly conscious about time. Verse 32 says, 
and David. Now this after a whole bunch of stuff happening, folks like, hey, you too young, you too this, you too unqualified, you, 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 you too black, you, you, you too this, you too that. But David presses anyway and says in verse 32, David reminds the people of God about the people's God. And David said to Saul, who's the king at this time, let no man's heart fail because of him. Your servant will go and fight with the Philistine. And Saul said to David, you are not able to go against that Philistine to fight with him. For you are but a youth, and he a man of war from his youth. Don't you hate when people, when you, when you believe in something, you believe about doing something, about changing your situation, and then somebody got to say, you ain't going to make it. Right, right, you, know how, right. you know how many businesses fail within the first five years? Now, you know, you just ain't built for, for college. Why don't you try one of them trade schools? You, 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 you know, you know. Right. David said unto Saul, your servant kept his father's sheep. That's right. And there came a lion and a bear and took a lamb out of the flock. And I went out after him and smote him and delivered it out of his mouth. And when he arose against me, I caught him by his beard and smote him and slew him. That means he killed him. This, your servant slew both the lion and the bear, and this uncircumcised Philistine shall be as one of them, seeing he has defied the armies of the living God. See, that's a confidence that's like, that's a confidence that the average don't have. One of the ways to defeat fear is to remind fear of what God did yesterday. That's right, that's right. You know, pastor says this. He says, it was, it, was, uh, it was on your pastor's address. You said it was a couple weeks ago. He said, some, he said we got to get to the point where, we're, where we stop telling, or I want to make sure I get it right. Stop telling our problems to God and tell our problems about our God. This is what David is doing. He's not allowing himself to be overwhelmed by the problems and the circumstance and the enemy. He says, God did this for me with the lion, and then a bear came, and he did it for me for the bear. This Philistine will be the same. Right. Yes. That's right. Yeah. And he says, this, this, this one, the, 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 he said, this uncircumcised Philistine. Now, now let's get this, you know, for, for the theologians in here. Well, no, nah, y'all going to be theologians, pre-theologians, <laughs> right? See, circumcision was a sign that you were in relationship with God. That's right. He says, this man is not in relationship with God. That's right. That's right. How dare he speak to somebody who is in covenant? See, circumcision means you are in covenant. Right. You got to understand the extent to it. The only covenants we know about today are marriage. Am I right? But in the Old Testament, when God first established the covenant, what he did, there had to be 
the spilling or the shedding of blood. There had to be some death. Now, I'm just, this is a sidebar thing, right? You know, some, 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 some of y'all who got married didn't put singleness to death. Wow. Wow. You're still thinking single and you're. I'm just saying, I just threw it out there because he gave it to me. But let's get back to David. David said, this one is in covenant. And what covenant means is that it's almost like you're being married. You're, you're, you're married to God. He's saying, you are married to God. Name somebody, name anybody you know who lived together. Let's say they lived together because some married couples don't live together and this is some crazy 2015 stuff. <laughs> and she is suffering financially. And he don't come in and say, baby, let me take care of this. But because we don't remember that we're in covenant we don't cry out, I'm in covenant. God, I'm married to you. Mm. Right. You got to take care of me, Lord. Mm. You said you're going to take care of me. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. You know, the Bible says you're supposed to remind him of his word. Yes. Mm -hmm. yes. That's what David is doing. David is saying, he did this. That's why, do you notice, that's why a lot of times throughout the scripture, they would always say the God of Abraham, Isaac, and, and, and Jacob, thank you. You know why? Because they're saying, they're reminding themselves, the one who did it for Abraham, the one who did it for A the Isaac and Jacob. But let's go on, because verse 40 is where I want to get to. <clears throat> Sorry, my time. Okay. David said, moreover, the Lord that delivered me out of the paw of the lion and out of the paw of the bear, he, he will deliver me out of the hand of the Philistine. And Saul said unto David, go, and the Lord be with you. Now Saul didn't say, go, I got your back. Saul said, go. Because there's sometimes where we want, we, I, we use other people as our excuse. The reason why I don't start that business because I'm, I'm trying to convince this person to go in with me. Right, right. And God said, stop, don't wait for them. That's right, that's right. Me plus you, will, we will do what we do. And Saul armed David with his armor and put on a helmet of brass upon his head. Also, he armed him with a coat of mail. 39. And David girded his sword upon his armor, and he essayed to go, for he had not proved it. He said, he said, this don't feel right. This don't feel right. Saul, and he's called him Saul. He didn't say King Saul. Because right. he ain't acting kingly. I cannot go with these, for I have not proved them. David put them off of him. Verse 40, this, this right here. And he took his staff in his hand and chose him five smooth stones out of the brook. That's parked there. Can, you, can we bring the water? Now, a brook is a stream, another word for a stream. Now, a stream is just a flow of water that is coming from a spring or an aquifer. Straighten it out just a little bit. Yep. Raise it up a little higher so that people can see. There we go. Just like that. Now, David went in to the stream. 
and he took some stones. And the Bible says he chose, slow it down for me. Here we go. It's <laughs> good. Bible says he chose five smooth stones. Now, what's funny is that a stone is a broken piece of a rock. In order to smooth out a stone, what happens is water that's constantly flowing actually shaves off the stone and makes it smooth. So let's get this. Um, so what he does is he chooses. He looks. He says, oh, that one's good. I like that. And that one's good. I like that. Oh, oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah, love and life. Whew, I got four. No, toss that back. No, that's broken. It's not smooth. That's good. Now, there's a couple ways we could take this. We say five smooth stones represent the word of God. He chose five smooth stones. He examined them, examined them, some that had been in the brook. Now, this brook, this stream was their life stream. This is actually what was flowing along the mountain so that they sustained themselves. Right. He takes it. He says, I got it. Thank you. Don't go far with that, though. No, no, you can sit. It's, it's, it's not, yeah. <laughs> we got such an accommodating church, y'all. Now, God has chosen for us five weapons. Because remember, we talked about fight. You can't give nothing up without a fight. God has chosen five weapons for us to use. Because the Bible says we wrestle not against flesh and blood. Right? right. Number one stone that God has given us is the word of God. Mm-hmm. The second stone God has given us is praise. Now, if you want me to back it up, remember they walked around the walls of Jericho, and the Bible says once they shouted, for praise, the walls fell. They did nothing but just inherit the land. Wow. Right, right, right. Wow. Yeah. Worship. Remember, worship is the third. Paul and Silas worship God. The chains begin to fall. Number four, fasting. Mm. Pastor taught him on this last week. The king said, we're going to fast. And what happened? Their enemies, they didn't have to lift a finger. They were watching it. They were ready to fight. It's like, we don't got to. (laughs) Then there's prayer. Pastor talked about that last week. Elijah was a man of like, was it like, uh, you know the scripture, uh, compassion or something like he had the same emotions the same same mind that we have but he prayed earnestly and shut the heavens up that's right so god has given us five weapons now some would say david grabbed these five stones because goliath had four other brothers he had four other brothers one of them almost killed david but one of his soldiers came in. See, one thing you're going to need in this life, you're going to need a prayer warrior to sometimes help you when something, some, there's sometimes, 
sometimes when you're battling, because I beat this giant, I don't need no help. But sometimes you need some giant slayers around you, some other folks who slayed giants around you. See, you don't want, you don't want folks around you who ain't done nothing. You want folks who've overcome sitting there speaking in your life. Stop calling, stop calling boo-boo. Stop calling them. Yo, cuz. Stop calling these folks who are going to encourage you to fight with this. Yeah. Hey, man. Yeah. Man, they disrespected me, man. They threw popcorn in the back of my head at the movie theater, man. Me and my girl, man, we was right there. Come on, man. Let's go down there, man. Let's handle business. <laughs> see, see, that's fighting. It never happened to me, y'all. I'm just saying. Never happened to me. But I did see it happen. Somebody was like, man. Anyway. Five. Five smooth stones. He pulled them out of the brook. Now let's talk about the brook. John chapter three, chapter seven, you can just put it on the screen. Seven, verse 37 through 39. It says, in the last days, this is Jesus speaking, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried saying, if any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. He that believes on me, as the scripture has said, so you got to believe on Jesus the way the scripture says, because there's people out there who say they believe in Jesus, but not the way the scripture says it. They want their own gospel. He said, he that believes on me, as the scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. So what happens is David goes, because this, now in verse 39, but this spake he of the spirit which they that believe on him should receive for the Holy Ghost is not yet given. See, this is an example for us that David goes to the brook. See, the brook represents the Holy Spirit. He grabs the stones that worship. It's got to be bathed in the Spirit. That word has got to be bathed in the Spirit. Worship, praise, that fasting. There's a lot of people who fast, but if it ain't bathing in the spirit, it's not going to take down no giants. The Bible then says he takes the stones, he puts them in his sash, his bag, his traveling bag. You see, some of us, the reason why we don't see the manifestation of God's hand in our life, because we don't travel with this thing. See, because it's here on Sunday, and I put it down until next Sunday. And that's if I come next Sunday. See, it's, 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 it's not until problems come, until Goliath comes, that I go and grab this stone. Let me grab that. Let me grab that stone. Let me get my devotional. Let me, you know, my 60-day devotional. <laughs> Stopping at day three. Wow. Wow. I'm hurting some of my feelings. He said, he said, he said, this needs to be bathed in the word. Then he put it in his traveling pouch. Then he goes, and he starts walking. Now, now, let's read this. I, I wasn't going to. Well, I'm going to tell you instead of reading it. David, he sees Goliath. And he, Goliath sees David. He says, y'all bring this little kid to me? What am I, a dog? He mad, like, 
Seriously? Seriously, that's what you bring to me? Mm. Let me get that hanky, babe. I'm sorry, I didn't call it babe, you know, sister count. <laughs> it's my babe. <laughs> he approaches Goliath. And the reason why I told you the name of Goliath, his name means soothsayer, is because what a soothsayer is a person who was supposed to be able to tell the future. So not only was he a champion, but he was known for forecasting the outcome. So, and that's what happens. A lot of times the giants in our lives begin to forecast the outcome in your life. And they say, hey, look, you're gonna get, you're gonna get kicked out. Mm -hmm. Wow. You're gonna lose. Mm -hmm. You're gonna be broke. So, Goliath is forecasting. That's why the Bible says for 40 days, think about this, for 40 days and 40 nights, the same amount of time Moses was in the mountain with God, the same amount of time Jesus was in the wilderness with God, Goliath is cursing the people of God. 40 days and 40 nights. The number 40 means purification. See, he was purifying them with toxins. What you listening to? What you listening to? Just sent you an email. What you listening to? David said, I ain't got time for that. He goes and he takes one stone and he puts it in a sash. Let me just, this is good. This is good. This Y'all, it's pink, don't worry, right? <laughs> I, I wear pink, I ain't, I ain't free to wear no pink anyway. But anyway, he puts it in the sash, it's like a slingshot, but it's not one of those, bing. So it's like, and he winds it up, and he hurls it, hits Goliath right in the head. Now this sash, that sling, represents your faith. Wow, wow. See, the Bible says faith without works is dead. That's right. That's right. Can I give you one, a few examples, then I'm going to be out of your hair. You see that? Taj, you mind helping me? Uh, man, man, can you help me real quick? You mind? Just hold it. Just hold this. Hold this. Just stretch it out, Taj. What's your name, bro? Tim. Brother Tim. All right, Brother Tim represents us. Brother Taj represents God. Well, there you go, just hold it right there. Yep, good. Now, this line represents our faith. Now what happens is, in the garden, let's start, take it back there real quick. What happened in the garden was, when Satan deceived Eve and she got, she, you know, got Adam to you know, convince him or whatever, however that went down, he ate the fruit, they ate the fruit. When they fell, what happened was, their faith was severed. So, they were in constant tie with God until the fall. Because what happened was Satan got them to stop trusting God. Because the first thing he says was, did God really say? And the first time you take that in, like, huh? And many of us actually do that today. When it comes to our finances, did God say that for me? Did God really say, does that really apply to me? That I'm the head and not the tail? Does that really apply to me? Does that really apply to me that 
Forget not all his benefits. Who heals all thy diseases? Does that really apply to me? And this is how we look. We look like this. And then Jesus comes in, like the cross. And he's our faith. And that's why he says, keep your eyes on me. Keep your eyes on me, because he, he pulls it together. Yeah. But what happens is Satan comes again. Every time a thing happens, every time a wave happens, bring the scissors, Satan comes again. Now, Jesus is the cross. He's holding it, holding it together. Cut it. Just like that. Because, and it's not, Jesus hasn't moved. Right, 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 right. 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 You've been moved by fear. And you say, oh, well, he ain't doing it for me. He ain't do it yet, so I got to figure this thing out. Mm. I got to work this thing out. Mm. So then Jesus said, reconnect. Get reconnected. Get committed. Get reconnected. Keep your eyes on me. Keep your eyes on me. And then Jesus is still staying there. Mm. He's your faith. The Bible says he's the author and the finisher of your faith. That's right. So he's holding it together. And he's trying to keep you connected to the Father. Because the Father sends your miracle. Mm. The Father sends your breakthrough yeah. right. through Jesus. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But as long as, as soon as you take your eyes off of Jesus. Mm. Last scripture I'm going to bring to y'all. You could, you could leave it right on the floor because we may come back. <laughs> Mark chapter 6. Sorry, y'all. I get hot up here. <laughs> Pass, I don't know how you do it, sir. Every week. <laughs> Mark chapter 6. Y'all know I'm not long-winded, so if I've been long-winded today, just kind of like take it, chalk it up. This is, this is one for the year, right? Verse 45. All right. So we're talking about big problems, little faith. Straightway, he constrained his disciples to get into the ship. This is Jesus. Now, this actually takes place right after the miracle of the loaves, where Jesus feeds 5,000. Okay? And he's, he, he pushes his disciples to get into the ship and to go to the other side before unto Bethsaida while he sent away the people. <coughs> and when he had sent them away, he departed into a mountain to pray. Notice nobody says, Lord, let me stay with you. Let me go. No, nobody does that. But anyway, and when even was come, the ship was in the midst of the sea and he alone on the land. And he saw them toiling and rowing. Aren't you tired of toiling? Aren't you tired of rowing? And I'm doing what God told me to do. But I'm toiling because he sent them away. He sent them onto the water. And yet it seems like that life is just a struggle. He said, for the wind was contrary unto them. It shall come when the enemy shall come. And about the fourth watch of the night, this is between 3 a.m. and 6 a.m., he comes unto them walking upon the sea and would have passed by them. But when they saw him walking upon the sea, they supposed it had been a spirit and cried out. For they all saw him and were troubled. And immediately he talked with them and saith unto them, Be of good cheer, it is I. Be not afraid. Can we pause there for a second? Can we pause for a second? 
because what happens is Jesus, the, 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 the waves are moving, but Jesus is walking on the waves. See, understand that Jesus will walk on your problems. He walks on what's troubling you. And he would have passed them by. Yo, can you imagine that? Being on a boat, it's waves. You're like, yo, 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 Peter, man, get the oil. Peter, John, do this, do this. And you see Jesus walking. <laughs> and the Bible says he would have passed them by. Ah! Huh? Oh, hey, what's up? What's up? This broad man having floor. Jesus stops. For they were all, they all saw him and were troubled. Immediately he talked with them and saith unto them, Be of good cheer. God is telling somebody right now, be of good cheer. It is I. Be not afraid. 51. He went up into, into the ship, and the wind ceased. And they were sore amazed in, this, in themselves beyond measure and wondered. Don't go to the next verse yet, because in Mark's gospel, this is where Peter actually walks on water. Notice that the wind didn't cease until he got on the boat. They were also amazed in themselves beyond measure and wondered, verse 52, for they considered not the miracle of the loaves, for their heart was heartened. Their heart was heartened. The Lord is sharing a principle with us that we actually saw with David. So you have to water your heart with the things that God has done. You have to water it constantly. How do you, how do you stop? You see, when it says heart, and that's, that's a reference to ground. Like when the sun has scorched the ground so much where nothing will penetrate. So no matter how hard he preaches, no matter how much he preaches, that seed is not going in because your heart is hard. Because maybe you've allowed some giants to harden it. Wow. Some past hurts. See, it's a supernatural or a spiritual disobedience mm. and human acceptance. Maybe you're struggling with your sexuality, and, which is a spiritual disobedience. But once you accept it, it becomes a giant in your life. And it's so hard. Mm. <laughs> and you can't defeat it. So you just say, oh, I give in. That's what I am. That's what I was made to be. We're not just going to talk about them. Fornication. I'm, I, I'm dropping it. Dropping it. I'm a, then I'm going to drop the mic. That's sex. That's, that's when, when you have sex outside of marriage. Now, spiritual disobedience, human acceptance becomes a giant. Now you can't, you can't not have it. It's been so such a struggle in your life. That's part of the thing, reason it keeps you out of church because Saturday, Friday or Saturday, you got caught up. Mm. And you say, well, hey, I don't feel like, God don't want to see me today. Mm. God, 
God, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I shouldn't have picked up the phone when he called me. God, I'm so sorry. Cry, Lord, Lord. Forgive me. Now, if you notice, one of the things that God says to the seven churches over and over and over again is about fornication. Because he's saying this is going to be a big problem in that last day's church. Now, what God will, has sh- shown is that when you mess up, that's the perfect time to come here. But immediately, the enemy comes and begins to say, hey, you ain't worthy, shorty. You need to take a spiritual bath, and it ain't in that church. You need to be clean before you go back in there. Take, as if seven days is going to, you know, make it any better. God is saying, we got to get this thing together. We got to get this thing together. Now, how do I stop my heart from being hard? I need the brook. I need the living water. I need to constantly remind myself of what God did yesterday. Can I take a moment? Sister Karen, can, can you come up here, please? I just want to share with you guys a testimony, and I'm closing, I promise. Last Sunday, you got the mic? Thank you. Can you just share with them what happened last Sunday? Yeah, you didn't know I was going to do it. It's all good. Um, last Sunday, our pastor preached. Pastor, mm-hmm. I don't need this. My mouth is big enough. No, no, no. You need it. Pastor you need preached. It. No, no, no. Do this. There you go. It's preached on, on um, your strength, being strong and, and weak. And when we, came, I, we were coming to church, my kids and I were coming to church on Sunday, and I could feel a lot of vibration in my car. So I was like, Lord, okay, just, I'm going to church. I'm not going to, I'm just, I'm going to go to church. I said, if I get, get to church, I'm good. So I got to church. Um, Deacon Luke and Sister Catrice was coming in, and, and I'm like, okay, I'm rattled. And Deacon Luke said, okay, drive my car, and I'll take you to Firestone to see if they could do work on my car or look at my car. So they said they couldn't do anything, that they only were doing brakes and um, oil changes on Sunday. So I'm like, okay, so I come back in, get the word. And after the pastor finished preaching, I, we were in that sister and um, minister Andres, and I said, Pastor, I said, you, was, you parked in my parking space. Mm-hmm. So we're leaving out, we get ready to leave out, and Deacon Luke said, Keep your, when you're on your way going home, go no more than like 30, 40. Stay in the left lane, because I'm like past, I, I got the foot. So I said, okay, put the hazards on and we're driving, we're driving, we're driving. So we're gonna stop at NNT, um, on Baltimore National Park and Rolling Road, NTB. They said they couldn't do anything. Got to Pet Boys, they couldn't do anything. So I said, okay, we're just gonna get home, let my husband deal with it. We leave out going up to Rolling Road, had just gotten past Rolling Road, and... Go ahead, it's okay. We had gotten in front of the Walmart, and usually when things go wrong, I say, Jesus, take the wheel. Not knowing he already had the wheel. My, my, the wheel on my t- car 
fell off from three lanes over the media strip and just disappeared. And I, I turned, I never panicked, and you know, I'm very emotional, I never panicked. I was, I, I kind of shocked myself after it was over just thinking about it because <laughs> it was like a sense of peace yeah. that was over me. And Kohana said, you know, started to cry. And I turned, I just turned, I said, why are you crying? <laughs> but the, the wheel, as I'm trying to, to it literally, it just, but it like, I had no control. It was nothing wow. for God that yeah. saved us. So we're, we're standing. I get out the car and I looked at, looked at the car and I walked around and I said, my car. <laughs> so we're sitting in the car and I, I called call my husband. I said, the, the tire that fell off the car. So he said, I'm on my way. I, I'm sitting there and then looking to, to dial and happened to look up and it's a man all the way down on the opposite side rolling my tire back, like from out of nowhere. So I get out of the car and I said, I said, where, where did you come from? And it was, it's the tire angel, because it was, <laughs> for the tire to go three lanes, there was no casualties, nobody was hurt, no, no injury. It was nothing but God, so I'm just, I'm just thankful. And then Elder John and Sister Kim, because they knew what was going on. And the police said to me, he said, do you know them? I said, know who? And I happened to turn and Elder John and Sister Kim was at the Taco Bell and Sister Kim said, but the, the long story short, Elder John said that he was going to the one by his house. And something told him, no, you need to come to this one. So God ordained everything, every step. But, uh, so I'm here today to say I'm, I'm alive. If anybody don't believe God, that he is watching, the angels are here, I'm a living witness because we are here. Yesterday, Elder John called me. He was just checking on me, see how we were doing. I said, Elder John, I'm good. But, you know, all week I've been tried. All week I'm just, just going through. Going. So if something is coming, I'm just going to stand and I'm going to believe. I called Elder John about three, three-ish. Mm. My bank account was hit yesterday. I broke, literally just broke. But I'm here. Yeah. Nothing's going to stop me from, from doing what God is. You see this? You see what she's doing? You see what she's doing? Yes. Doesn't matter what it looks like. Hold on to Jesus. Yes. Yes. Hold on to Jesus. Hold on to Jesus. Amen. Peter began to slip when he took his eyes off of Jesus, when he started looking at the waves. Stop looking at the waves. Stop looking at Goliath. Stop looking at how big your problem is. Now, can I say this? I can't help it. But look. David never called Goliath a giant. Never! Sorry, mom. Never called Goliath a giant. Because he knew he was serving the giant of giants. And that's what we got to do. Stand on your feet. I'm done. Keep your eyes on the giant of giants. 
Thank you for listening to the Rhema Talk Podcast. To hear this sermon again or get caught up with past sermons, you can download the Mixcloud app and search Manifest Glory. Or you can search for MGWC's Rhema Talk Podcast in the iTunes store on your iPhone or iPad. Also, don't forget to like MGWC on Facebook and go to mgwc.net to get caught up on all the latest church announcements. Thank you for listening to the Rhema Talk Podcast. And we hope you will join us next time.